Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson. I'm your host. And today on the show, Mo and Tana Ottinger uh, from ETC join us to talk through the dangerous game of expectations that we all play. Um, One of the things that can sabotage you as a parent the quickest is unmet or even unrealized expectations. And so we talk about how to spot those in your own life today. We talk about the danger of uh, expectations and what they can do to us. Uh, Tana has maybe the best definition of expectations I've ever heard. Uh, And then we also talk about how to then set realistic expectations for yourself, how to go back to uh, ground zero and get to the point where you are uh, realizing where you've made uh, mistakes in in this area, and then how to correct those by uh, resetting your expectations in a proper way. And then lastly, we kind of follow by talking about uh, how to begin at an early age helping our kids uh, to manage their expectations, um, which obviously has massive impacts on um, their lives and the lives of those around them. So uh, it is an episode that you don't want to miss, a very practical, helpful episode. Uh, And so we are very, very glad uh, to welcome Mo and Tana now for an episode on expectations. Well, we're back. Uh, It's JD, Mo, and Tana, and we are uh, going to talk today about one of our connecting practices. Um, all of us have expectations. Um, we have expectations. Uh, you have expectations of what this episode will be like, or well, or you wouldn't be tuning in. Um, we've got expectations of what uh, our day would be like, um, what this season of life would be like, what our lives as a whole would look like. Uh, and from time to time, those expectations uh, are wildly disappointing. And uh, when that happens, it can throw off everything about uh, our day, our attitude, and and then usually who the people who end up suffering the most are uh, those uh, kiddos or people that we love around us. And so uh, we wanted to talk today for a few minutes about uh, what to do when we realize that's happened, how to manage those expectations, how to set ourselves up for success. And so uh, we're going to do that now at Mo and Tana. Um, just to be clear, the three of us have always said, correct expectations and we've always managed them well so that's why we're here today is really just you know unload all of our wisdom on all of you um tana and mo thanks for um jumping on today um Absolutely. tana do you want to set you, you know kind of start kind of setting this thought up for um for for people today yeah um first thanks for having us on and it's it's interesting because i don't even mo and i've been you know, thinking about parenting in a connected way and sort of being like really conscientious and mindful of our parenting, maybe 15 plus years, I think is when we decided like, oh, parenting is something you need to think about as you're doing it, makes thoughtful decisions in parenting. (laughs) It may not just be coming naturally and working out well. Um, and, And I distinctly remember where I was sitting the first time I started thinking about my expectations in parenting. And as like, as we were building our family and as our family was sort of beginning to grow and um, I really can't overstate enough how slowing down, pausing and thinking about, oh my goodness, I have expectations going on right now. And some of them are being met and a lot of them are not. And how is that informing how our family is doing? 
And it was like a major, major, I cannot overstate it enough, significant paradigm shift for me. It was like a watershed moment of like, this is something that we need to, Mark and I need to be talking about this like every single day. And I need to be thinking about it all the time. Yeah, because, I mean, if I can just jump in, just uh, like... I don't think we realize we have expectations. And JD, you set it up. Tony, you just said it. Like, you don't realize you have expectations until you're in the throes of it. And we we have expectations about absolutely every aspect of our life. And um, you just, you, you, so you jump into parenting and all of a sudden um, you don't know why you're having all these feelings. And some can, you know, we always say kind of, when, when you're, when, when it's greater than your expectation, man, you're thrilled. You're like, this is awesome. Right. This is, (laughs) but then when things aren't going great, you're like, you're in despair. And Mm. I think, I mean, Tana just said it was a watershed moment of just, we do bring expectations into every relationship, including the ones with our children. And we've got to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Well, one, and, and I think the important. Oh, go ahead, JD. Yeah. Well, ahead. I was going to say one thing I'd love for you to talk more about, Tana, is uh, in our ETC classes, the parent training courses that we that we teach. Um, there is a phrase that you use about uh, what expectations are that I would love for you to give. Uh, it has stuck in my mind since we talked about it and taught it. Um, so I'd love for us to kind of lay that out for everybody now. Yeah. So expectations are premeditated disappointments. That's what they are. And the place between those expectations and reality, as Mose said, can often just be where we live in despair. Yeah. Um, and, and I think what's, what's important to say is having expectations is natural and normal and human, and not yeah. all expectations are bad. Like, healthy expectations motivate us and drive us. They help us set goals. They give us, like, a framework for structure and they help us think about, you know, how we want to support our kids into this next stage of development and the things that we may need to fine tune in our marriages and in our relationships and with our partners. Like it, expectations aren't bad. It's when they are too high or too low or misapplied or we're just oblivious to them that they can do us kind of wrong. And so it's that, it's the not realizing when we have them that gets us in trouble. Um, So naming them and going and just sort of being a expectation detective is I think something that's important to do. Like, I wonder if I have an expectation here. Yeah. Well, I I think that, you know, one of the things that uh, to share just kind of a low level example, um, I, I love sports, love, I've played sports all growing up and, um, and you know, I was average at all of them, but I just enjoyed it. And I like watching sports and, you know, I, I, I just inherently expected that, man, when I have kids, they're going to want to plop down on the couch and watch sports with me all the time (laughs) as if they were like buddies from college and just sit and do that. And, and that's all we're going to do. And then we, when they want to play, they're not going to want to play things that I don't want to play. They're going to want to go like throw a baseball or go hit a tennis ball. Or they're going to want to go shoot basketball. Like, and, uh, I, much to my dismay, that was not, uh, how having kids was for us. And I would say one of the things that, uh, disrupted us early on was, you know, I, you know, my oldest had zero 
care to do those things in the beginning. And then uh, what has happened now, you know, we went through ETC, thank the Lord, we went through when, when he was very young. And so before that could even really set in for me as a, uh, as like a, a place of despair, I sort of recalibrated and thought, oh yeah, like I, like my actual expectation for myself that's healthy as a parent is bringing out the best in our kids and allowing our kids to explore, figure out what they are interested in, what they love, help push them in some areas to like grow in those things and, uh, and discover those things. And now, you know, we're, there's this whole world of, of things that this kid is interested in and loves and is, uh, exploring and he's awesome at them. And, um, and it's been a a whole new experience for me to be able to have, uh, with them in in life. And it's been really, really great. Had I not sort of had that little mini intervention, you know, so many years ago, uh, I would have been set up for, uh, for failure. And I would have been setting, uh, that child up for failure as well, um, without even really realizing it. Well, I think, yeah, that's really good, J.D. And I'll say, too, if you want to even back up, I think about just my parenting journey. Like, I think how much information I filtered before we became parents, you know, as everybody, as we began the adoption journey and, yeah. and all these things like, oh, we're not going to, we, we won't, you know, attachment. Like that's going to be a breeze or, you know, on and on and on. And just so that won't happen in our home. That won't happen to us. That won't. And so, uh, again, just, just this, man, I thought I was, I I was really proud of myself before I I had all kinds of expectations. And that one was none of this would apply to my home. And so it is, that came crashing down. Um, you, you sharing that, I just thought of something. I remember we had, I don't know, a couple of kids who weren't very old. I mean, they may have been like lower elementary age. And I had a little mother's helper that helped me some during the day take care of them. We had a couple, so I'm not giving away anybody's identity here. But it was just one of the people that was hanging around our house a lot during those years. Um, Mo and I did college ministry when we first uh, started becoming parents. So there were lots of college students around the house. So there was this gal that was helping at the time. And um, bless her heart, I came upon her notebook. And it was a little spiral notebook that she must have kept with her. And she was making notes to the things that she wanted to do when she became a parent and the things that she didn't. (laughs) um, Apparently, I don't even know if I've ever shared this with you though. Apparently, our family was a case study in the things that you didn't want to do. Well, sure. So, sure. Um, there were a couple of things that we were letting our kids do at the time that I glanced down and saw on her notebook. And one of them was very simple. It was like, don't let kids bring toys to the table. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, oh, honey, you just, Mm-mm-mm. I mean, it was, you just wait and see, darling. You just wait and see. Like, and, and, you know, that's like a per, I mean, to, to give her credit, she was at least setting up her expectations, you know, years and years in advance. And at least she would know what they are. She was stating them very clearly. She had an expectation that when she became a mom, she would not let her kids have toys at the table. And that's a silly little example, but we right. do that either consciously or subconsciously. And it infiltrates everything. And so for me you know, I started thinking about like, okay, so I need to, let's consider 
where might I have expectations that are, you know, either appropriately placed or misappropriately placed? And what is that causing in the relationship between me and my kids or Mark and I or our family as a whole? I mean, this can extend out to friendships and other family. I mean, this we could take this idea of expectations and talk about relationships in every area of our life. So for this context, we'll just talk about it in the context of kids and family. But um, I started thinking about, oh, you know what I think happens to me? I think when I am getting snippy or feeling angry or feeling frustrated, that might be a sign that I have some kind of an expectation here that's not going the way that I thought. So for example, um, back in the day when we first started like major paradigm shifting with our kids and understanding attachment and we were resetting like bedtime. So we had to completely come at bedtime a totally different way than we were. And this is going to date us a little bit, but this was before the days of DVR. This was before the days of streaming. I mean, (laughs) this was like, if you wanted to catch your show, you had to pop in a VHS tape and hit record, you know? Right, right. And I remember thinking at night, why am I getting so mad that these kids are not going to sleep quickly? And that's because I was missing my show. Like, I was missing my show at night. And I had an expectation (laughs) that they were going to get in bed and go to sleep. And I was going to get out and go sit down and catch the nine o'clock show or whatever time it was. Um, Y'all have it much easier now, you young parents. You can just pop that thing on Netflix or catch it on Hulu the next day or whatever. But back in the day, it was like a conscientious decision to hit record on the VCR. But it can be little bitty things like that. Like, why am I so snippy right now? Or why do I feel overwhelmed or having anxiety? And I think sometimes if we can just settle into ourselves, take a deep breath and be mindful and get curious, it may be that there's an expectation that we had that isn't being met the way that we thought that it should be met. Yeah. Which when I hear you say that kind of even backs this up, you know, we've got to be fully present with the child that is in front of us right now and where they are. And when we have expectations and that can be where I thought they would be or what we would be doing or what they could do. um, Those can take us to a place where we are not fully present. And so that can lead to um, as a parent kind of overreacting to something really small in front of us, you know? And it's like, yeah. wow, they just didn't put the the lid back on the, the tomato sauce, right? <laughs> but in your mind, you're like, they've got to live independently in 10 years and they've got to be able to do this. I don't want them to be that type of roommate that leaves a mess <laughs> in the kitchen. And you blow up and it's like, whoa, yeah. you don't need to be living 10 years in the future, future. like yeah. we've got to be fully present right now and be, you know, be present for that child. So expectations can also take us out of the present and being in, in the place with our kiddo. So how do we, you know, we're talking about when we realize that we had uh, unrealistic or misplaced expectations, how do we, how do we kind of course correct and set proper expectations? Are there, are there some guidelines that, that we can use to do that? The first thing that comes to my mind, J.D., and I think for Mo and I, I'd be curious what he would say here, but I I think for me, it was about, I needed to learn some information 
I needed to let go on a journey of learning and realize that there were things I just fundamentally didn't understand about child development, um, in our case, about trauma and loss and grief, about the brain, about, you know, sensory processing, about co-regulation. Like, I had expectations of behavior and capacity and capability that at that time simply were not feasible. I, I was setting my kid up to fail and I was setting myself up to fail because I had like this prescribed idea of what it was going to be yeah. and it wasn't happening. And then I needed to say, okay, so let me just learn some information so I can better understand what's happening right now. And then I'm going to give myself permission to feel some things about that. So I'm going to, if I need to grieve that I'm having to reset expectations, okay, I get to grieve that. If I need to feel some sadness or worry or fear or despair or disappointment, okay, I'm feeling that. Like sort of give myself permission to process the reality of what some of those unmet expectations were and then be kind. So that that's the first things that come to my mind. Mo, did you have anything else to say about that? Yeah, I mean... So much of it for me has goes back to what I said earlier is I just had so many expectations, unspoken expectations that I was not fully present with my children. And so, man, I just... I mean, it was really rewriting the script for me and learning how to be a dad. And again, being able to fully embrace the child in front of me and not, um, yeah, I just had so many, so much I came with. And and JD, your, your illustration earlier resonates. Like I just had what I thought or expected each child. And, you know, I'll say this, this is the beauty that we've been invited into. The beauty of being fully present for the child in front of us is that, man, it is so much better. It is a better script. It is a better story than, than we could have ever expected, (laughs) (laughs) but it is, it is, it is different. It is, it is beautiful. It's messy. And we get to grow, we get to go on our own journey, which has been hard and so, so good. And so, yes, just don't let expectations um, take you away from that journey you're being invited on by your children. I just had a little thought, Mo, as you were saying that I'm such a visual learner and like I see things visually and for me, it really was about if my hands are so full of expectations and my heart is so pointed to what I think should be, I have no room to love and embrace and be curious and discover the child in front of me because my hands and heart is full. So to like literally release so that you can embrace, like What is it that we are clinging to or holding on to because it's prescribed or because we were told it should be that way or because, you know, we had a, a vision of what we thought family looked like or parenting was going to be like or behavior, like 
Mark, we came into this thing so prescribed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We really did. I mean, and we were told A plus B equals C, and it was not happening in our family that way. And we had to release that. Are we, what other choice did we have? Right, right. And what a sweet, I would just say, what what freedom there is. And, And just kind of, you know, this is us. This is who we are. Yeah. <laughs> and not, I mean, not trying to uh, take our cues from what other, what, what is been being bombarded um, all around and um, just embracing the kiddos and the family that is ours. Yeah. I, I think expectations, you can look at them sort of on a micro level and then you can sort of step back and look at them on a macro level. And I think they hit um, in unique ways, depending on if it's micro or macro. And I think the macro ones, um, you know, those are the biggies. At least that's been the biggies for us. You know, seasons that didn't look like we thought it was going to be. Or um, kids' futures that were panning out different than we thought they would be when they were little. And, you know, just any, any number of things where it's like, let's lay down something big. And let's like discover what is. So that's sort of this macro yeah. seasonal thing. Um, and then there are just the little micro ones, which are the ones that sort of nitpick at you all day long. Like, yeah, yeah. For me, it's like I'm a planner, and I would just like for today to go the way that I thought today was going to go. <laughs> so yeah. you can have expectations of like, e- even, even like some of y'all that may be learning you know, oh, we're going to do some connected parenting this way or that way, or we're learning these new strategies, or we're going to, you know, give our kids choices or compromises or redos. And you think it's going to happen. You think it's going to work. Like, oh, I learned this great (laughs) strategy. I'm going to try it. And I have an expectation that my child will be like, oh, mother, thank you so much for asking me so (laughs) politely to have a choice. You know, we can have expectations of everything, every single thing. Yeah. Well, I, I think, yeah, the, the next natural step, I think, is then thinking when, when we start to get a hold of this, um, and, and this is true in our family, when we started to get a hold of uh, how to let go of some unrealistic expectations, how to set some proper expectations for ourselves, then we were at a stage of parenting where uh, we're having, we're hearing it in our kids' language and hearing their frustration, their disappointment, and it's being masked, right? Like it's being misidentified um, when it's brought to us. But what we're now able to help do is to say, oh, okay, well, what were you hoping was going to happen? Like, or what do you hope is going to happen? And, you know, you're going to end up having kids that either say, oh, it's going to be the best thing ever. And you know, there's no way it's going to pan out the way it's like, it's being painted utopian and it's not going to work. Or uh, you've got some that are pessimistic and they're going, well, there's no way because this never happens. And, you know, this Sibling never does this or that. And so when, when we get to that situation, do, you, do we have any kind of advice uh, for helping our kids set expectations and um, how to walk through that without kind of robbing them of their voice, being able to help them uh, to navigate these, you know, these emotions as they're setting themselves up? J.D., when you were saying that, something came to mind. So I know for some parents, you might have a kiddo that when they are feeling overwhelmed with emotion, they can make it personal And they can say something like, you're such a mean mom, or I hate you, or, you know, something like very directed and personal. 
And I have found that often that's happening when a kiddo is experiencing disappointment, actually. So if you say something like they ask for something and the answer has to be no or not right now, you know, first of all, we can say no in a thoughtful way. Like, oh, I love that. That's such a good idea. Yeah, I'd love to do that next time. And we can practice saying no, like, yes. We talked about that on our last episode, actually. So you can go back and listen to the, the yes episode. But let's just say that the kiddo just is having a hard time taking no and they make it a personal attack on you as a parent. You can pause right there and reframe that and be like, I can see that you are really disappointed. Yeah. Disappointment is hard. And I have a hard time when I feel disappointed too. So naming disappointment out loud, like with no shame, but just naming it what it is. And look, that's what that's what unmet expectations are. Yes. Our, our main emotion when we don't get something that we expected is to be disappointed. Yeah. So just helping kids see, oh, disappointment's just a normal emotion. And, you know, mom or dad or whomever feels disappointment as well. That's one thought. And then and I think the other thing for those kiddos that, that have um, protecting their hearts, oh my goodness gracious, like they are not going to hope because hope gets disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I have such a tender place in my heart for kids who do have that barrage of protection up. So <clears throat> I would say if you're parenting a kiddo that is overprotecting their heart, um, just go gently in, you know, yeah. just be curious about it. Tell me more about that and empathize, like show a ton of empathy. I can, I can see where you're coming from and do you want to tell me about times when things haven't gone the way you hoped? And, you yeah. know, how was that? Like, I wouldn't try to correct it and just tell them they shouldn't be. I wouldn't talk them out of their self-protection. Mm. But I'd just sit with it and be curious with them about maybe why they are, you know, not daring to have hope that an expectation might come true. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, this has been great. Well, an abrupt ending, but a great conversation with Mo and Tana um, today about expectations. And I hope that uh, hope that you guys uh, grab something from that conversation that you um, maybe can have uh, some moments in your day, some some time uh, between you, your parenting partner, spouse, partner, uh, relatives, um, close friends, whoever it is, just to process through where you're at um, right now. Where are some areas that you've got uh, unmet or, or unrealized expectations? Where are some areas that you've got some unrealistic expectations? And then how can we begin helping our kids uh, with that process? And so uh, very, very helpful, practical, kind of foundational stuff there today. And so I hope you enjoyed it. Um, the Hope for the Journey Conference is coming up next week. So uh, it's April 9th, the entire day, 8 to 5, uh, the conference will be happening. Now, it's in a different format than it has been in years past. And so in years past, the Empowered to Connect conference uh, would be held over a few different days, um, obviously between the pandemic and just the ever-changing CDC guidelines. Um, Show Hope in this year's iteration of uh, the Hope for the Journey conference has decided to um, put everything online. And so uh, what will happen is the conference will be broken down into uh, 
TED Talk style talks. And so there'll be shorter um, instructional videos and then breakout sessions. Um, Mo and Tana will lead one of those even. Uh, and so it's, the content's gonna be great. Uh, you will not wanna miss uh, this uh, conference this year. So you can still register at showhope.org. Uh, we will have a special episode with the executive director of Show Hope, Emily Chapman Richards, on uh, Tuesday, airing on Tuesday, one week from today. And then the day of the conference, April 9th, we will have a special episode uh, that is near and dear to our heart um, for, for a lot of us who are in this conversation of connected parenting and uh, trust-based parenting, attachment center, you know, whatever you want to call this style of parenting or um, this approach. Um, for a lot of us here, when you start off into this world, it is difficult and it can be overwhelming. And if you're not really paying attention, uh, you can just get swallowed up by uh, the game of uh, shaming yourself as you're trying to start into a new way of doing things. And so uh, conferences uh, such as this conference coming up are super helpful to help set a broad foundation. Uh, but sometimes you need to hear from somebody who is in, uh, in this thing with you. Uh, and so what we did was we pulled together four other families uh, who are going to be uh, represented in uh, a conversation. And we just had a conversation on Zoom uh, where we all kind of talked about these opening days, weeks, months after you start down this road, what should you be watching out for? Uh, how can you uh, jump a few natural learning curves uh, and learn from some of our mistakes as we are starting out in this? And then, um, you know, for whatever situation you're in, uh, whether you are a single parent, whether you are um, an older parent, whether you are uh, just getting started in this thing and you don't know anybody else in this world, or if you're just having a tough time in this in, in general, I would highly suggest that you uh, download and listen to that episode uh, when it airs on April 9th. It is going to be ultra helpful. Uh, and we're really excited just to share uh, some of our friends uh, with the world. So uh, that will be happening on April 9th. Again, we'll have Emily Chapman Richards on one week from today, which will be next Tuesday. Uh, and she'll talk about uh, her journey uh, growing up um, in the Chapman family, as well as uh, being able to uh, you know, start working for Show Hope and now take over uh, and be the executive director of Show Hope. And so it's going to be a great episode. You do not want to miss it. And we will catch you uh, next week. So for Kyle Wright, who engineers and edits all of our audio, for Tad Jewett, who created the music, and for everybody at ETC, uh, I'm J.D. Wilson. We will see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast.